Some say he's a technical whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall. While some say that he's on a journey. It's the journey. And here's your host, David Hackett. Hi everyone, welcome to another journey. And yes, I'm out of breath because time schedules, I always get sidetracked. But not to worry, we've got another guest joining us today. She is Dr. Marnie Ill, and I've got to get this right, Father Arrow. I don't know. Yeah. That's correct. And she is an award-winning and celebrated author, speaker, and educator. She earned a doctorate in education from Northern Illinois in university and completed postdoctoral studies at Harvard during a very successful and awarding 35 year career. And no doubt she'll tell us that when she tells us about her journey today. Welcome to the journey. Oh, thanks, David. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. No worries. And as I told you in the emails, it will also be on YouTube as well. So if any of your followers want to see the visual, there will be a visual as well as audio podcast. Sure. So as I said to you just before we started recording, tell us about your journey and where you were when you started your journey as a person. You know, there are so many places to really start be, because I really do believe our journey is ongoing. Um, but a big, big turning point in my life happened close to retirement. I was a high school special education teacher for t- 35 years in the Chicago suburbs. And 12 of those years, I was a university graduate school adjunct professor. And I was kind of going along living the American dream, raising two beautiful children in the suburbs and, you know, just enjoying, you know, life. But at some point I, I had to make a very big choice when I, when I really discovered that I was in a very unhealthy marriage, um, actually after leaving it, realizing that it was pretty abusive, um, emotionally, financially, um, in many ways. And so after 27 years of marriage, I, I chose to file for divorce and, you know, really kind of naively believed that I could just, um, you know, we could separate, you know, part ways, be respectful. Um, you know, we had so many years together. I thought, you know, gosh, we could at this point, at least co-parent our, our two adult children. They were 20 and 23 at the time. Um, but that wasn't the case. I, I really had to learn the hard way that, um, in some situations with a malevolent partner who doesn't want the status quo changed, you know, doesn't want you to, to escape or leave, they will do whatever they can to destroy you and, and take your home and your money and even your children. Mm. Um, it's, it's mind boggling to the very loving, empathetic person, but just like all challenges that I've had in my life and all of us have adversity that we have to face, um, throughout our lives. That's part of the journey. Um, I chose to handle it with love and compassion and honesty. And one thing I did find that 
you know, I was given a choice to, to stay or go in the area, the Midwest, you know, and I believe you're in the Midwest too, right? Well, you're in I'm, Cleveland. I'm near Cleveland, about two hours away from Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in Ohio. And so, you know, the Midwest and, but I moved to the Caribbean three years ago and I, I waited until I retired from teaching you know, I had lost most everything and it was kind of an opportunity in a way to, you know, start again and decide what kind of life do I want for myself. And I wanted to be surrounded by nature, by God's beautiful earth. And um, the Caribbean is just a perfect place for me. I'm found, you know, real peace and happiness here in the Caribbean and also you know, right before I left, I wrote a, a book when I had a garage sale and lost everything called God Came to My Garage Sale. Just a spiritual fiction. Even though it was a fiction, it was inspired by true miracles that happened at, at a very dark time that I could have been sad or negative or angry. I was really filled with love and gratitude and really, you know, thankful for everything that I had been given, you know, yeah. even though. My adult children are not in my life. Even now, a decade after, you know, I escaped marriage. Um, I still am thankful for the time that I had with them and just hoping that I gave them the foundation they need to just be on their journey and realize their potential. And, and so I, you know, in coming to the Caribbean, found that writing was very healing for me. And I ended up writing a five book series called True Deceit, False Love. And it brings awareness to help people understand, you know, domestic violence and narcissistic abuse and parental alienation. And part of that whole journey is doing a lot of self-reflection, you know, looking at yourself and what made you a target for an abuser? What made you an overgiver? or a people pleaser, or someone that didn't have strong boundaries. And I realized, you know, I needed to make some changes just to surround myself with more like-minded individuals um, so that I can just live a happier and more peaceful life. And so that is that is the journey that I've had. So like through some kind of false reality, thinking I was living in you know, happiness and, and realizing all my dreams, I realized that, you know, what I thought was real wasn't necessarily real. And it, it wasn't really positive for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I making this change, it, you know, I just, I'm so thrilled that I had the opportunity and the courage and strength to try something new. And move in a different direction. Yeah. So you're saying about, obviously, abuse as oh, and I know some types of abuse because myself, I've been through it, but obviously it's different for everyone involved. But when you're in that situation, you like to believe, and I would assume you're the same, you would want to believe the better in that person, thinking they would change. Yeah. Good? And, you know, not only I, I mean, I'm not out to change anyone. No, but, um, but do, you, do you think I'm not saying your potential ex-spouse, but 
just generally, you know, when you're in that relationship, you're just hoping they will change, not you changing them. They will change for themselves if they. Right. Yeah, it's very hard to understand that there are people out there in the world that actually get pleasure out of harming other people, you know, and that they really enjoy being manipulative and controlling and you know they get some sort of satisfaction from Mm. that and and that's so not how so many of us are wired so it's very foreign for us to understand you know the attachment disorders that other people might have but yes when you're going through it you know you do all sorts of things you know hoping that the situation will get better. And actually there's so much intermittent reinforcement where there's some good times mixed with some very bad times. And, and, uh, and so it keeps you kind of hooked um, and you stay in abusive situations. And it can also be jobs for people that they stay in for decades when really that might not be the most healthy environment for them. Mm-hmm. So it's relationships and jobs. And then when it comes to family, there's a whole nother dynamic there because, you know, you you really hope and pray that your family is the place for safety where you have, they have your back and, you know, that there's unconditional love there. But that's that's sometimes a very hard realization to to know that that's not always the case that there are some very unhealthy dynamics. There could be narcissism. There could be, you know, controlling, backstabbing, all that kind of thing that can actually go on within families as well. And, you know, we have that societal expectation that, you know, we need to stay in this family. We need to stay in this marriage. You know, we, you know, we, we, we will we will ignore all these negative things, these red flags. Um, but, you know, at some point, what, maybe it's the older you get, the more you've gone through the journey, you know, the more you realize you need to honor yourself, too, um, just as you honor other people. And sometimes it's a matter of just stepping back and or saying no or saying this is not resonating with my values Mm. and and it takes a lot of courage to do something like that it's it's not very easy because we've so many times been conditioned almost you know there's gaslighting involved where we you know start questioning our worth and our abilities and what we see and what we know and what we do and we have to realize that um that's a strategy that some people use even some friends use that kind of gaslighting strategy to build themselves up to make you question yourself and and isolate more and you know kind of be more dependent and then you stay you're, you stay stuck where it's not mutual respect it's it's really a one-sided situation yeah. so it's it it really it's very important to do that inner work to to self-reflect and realize what are your passions? What, what, you know, what, how do you want to live your life? Yeah, because going to my situation, and I've always said to my guests, I do talk about my life as well, because sometimes I do resonate with certain things that have been said. But yeah. from my perspective, I was in that kind of relationship. And I'm not saying that person was 
bad for me, but at the same time, they kept making me believe I was the one for them. I was everything to them, you know, made me believe everything. And it came to a point every so often, and it was a routine in the relationship. But I was, I left where they were living, and I went back to my where I lived in England. And then mm-hmm. six months later, or a few months later, they tried to say, "I love you, David. I love you, David. I want you back. This will change. This will change." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, yeah." And then in the end, I gave up, and I just went back. And that was a constant mm-hmm. cycle. So six months with that person, six months away from that person. And I was in that constant loop and there was no real relationship if it was in that constant loop because what could I do? Because I believed that person was changing and I believed that when they said to me, I want you, I believed that. I was young, but not young, young, but I was young. Right, and actually, you know, the older you get, you realize that the actions speak much louder than words, mm. you know, and it's very common to be in a cycle of abuse with another person because the loving, empathetic person, you know, believes in goodness. We almost project our own goodness onto others and thinking, well, if we're very thoughtful about this and we would never hurt anyone intentionally, that other people are like that too. But we we learn the hard ways that, that not everyone is wired that way. So it's a very common scenario, almost like they all follow the same playbook. Yeah. That, you know, they rope you back in with that love bombing. And then as soon as they do, then the devaluation stage happens. And then the discard stage, whether they discard you or you get your light bulb moment and say, enough is enough. I'm, this is not right. And you step back either way. It is a cycle and it's a very common cycle that happens to, to men and women that find themselves in relationships with an abuser. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't actually realize it, like I said, until you actually officially do that, make that actual main break, not just the right. break, not the break after six months where you actually say enough is enough. And you actually do make that major step back. Right. And the healing journey is a long one. And but when people get to the point of where they can have a podcast or write a book, or speak on, you know, different subjects, or become a life coach and help other people, they've gotten to a point past self-actualization where they've realized what they've gone through. And they want to, you know, lend their voice and talk about their stories in a candid way to help other people so that maybe what you say might resonate with them and you could save someone possibly from going down that road because you're teaching them about the red flags to pay attention to. Mm. And, and that's why it's so important. And as an author, I, I just, um, I didn't really set out to be an author of a five book series, Mm. you know, about handling all this family trauma relationship issues. It really came about as a, as my own healing journey and needing to do some, research on personality disorders and and research on why bad things happen to good people and what are some common red flags 
And I found the terminology and phrases were so significant because labeling something, putting a name to something can help you make sense of it a little bit more. And then you know what to look up and research and, and then it might connect you with other people that have, you know, lent their voice and their services or their, their, um, their writing to helping other people get through this. But yeah, that's a very common cycle that happens. And, but, but there does come a time when really that's the final straw, when you really step away. And, um, you know, in my case, the love bombing that you talked about, you experienced, I actually experienced before I was married. So I, I was, you know, I found out some things about this individual who I ended up marrying and staying with for 27 years. But, you know, before we were married, I found out some some things that looking back now would be such glaring red flags to make me never want to see this person again. But they're very skilled. You know, we can't really um, beat up on ourselves because these people are calculating. They are skilled manipulators and they know exactly what to say and do to kind of rope you back in. And that kind of happened to me before we were married. And um, when I had already walked away saying, oh my gosh, you are so unethical. You are a liar. You are dishonest. You're, you, you've got some big issues and, um, you know, I want nothing to do with it. And, but they come back into your life. If there's any little opportunity just to see if you would get roped back in. And most of us do. And um, because we're loving and we like to believe the best in others. Yeah. And the love is so pure from you as a person. And you want that pure love to be shared with them. And you expect that kind of same level back. And like you said, the behavior of them, when they do talk about, you know, making you believe, you actually do think it's real. Yeah. Until you get out of it, you think it's real. But at the time, your mind, oh, they love me. They love me. They want me. they really changing. They really want the best. It's just my, I can't, you know, I understand a bit of psychology, so I can understand it. But at the same time, what triggers their mind to think like that? And everyone says right. that. And everyone says, and you probably would agree, probably past traumas, but that doesn't excuse for then. It excuses, you know, what happened, yes, happened. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but what happened, happened. What happens as they grow up doesn't have to be defined by the way they were as they were younger. So, right. It's all a choice. People do have a choice. And what makes this so challenging is to know that these people intentionally harm other people. They know what they're doing. They're not, you know, they might have been victimized, like you said, and they might have had baggage, past traumas that they brought in. Most likely they did. You know, they, they, they've been taught to to act this way out of their own survival, whatever it is, but it doesn't make an excuse for them to, to treat people this way. And, you know, eventually I think things catch up with people, you know, they're, they have this mask 
that covers who they really are. And every now and then, without warning, that mask will just slip and you'll see the true colors of a person. And it all depends on where you're at in your journey, whether you pay attention to that mask slipping. Mm. And because so many times, you know, we're oblivious to it or we make excuses or, you know, we stay for some of the wrong reasons, or sometimes we think we're staying for the right reasons. You know, in my case, I, I had two beautiful children to be concerned about. So you about. have to think about the children. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's mind boggling that after I escaped the situation, because these kids, they know which parent lies, cheats and steals and which parent doesn't. Mm. I mean, they're not, they're, they're smart children, but they're also trauma bonded and stuck in the abuse cycle themselves. And I'll tell you, learning about parental alienation, just the research on it really helped me understand the dynamics. And it, it took some of the pain away. I, I mean, of course, there's always going to be a hole in your heart when you don't have your children in your life. But at the same time, we're very different people now. You know, it's been almost a decade. And, um, and you know, they've got their journey to go through too. And, you know, you'd like to save them from the abuse because parental alienation is considered child abuse mm. uh, as it is intimate partner violence, you know, but the research on it has really helped me understand how something like this could happen to a wonderful mom or a wonderful dad. Mm. So going to, now as you see yourself now yeah do you feel writing these books you would want to write more to the series or would you want to just leave it as that and see how people that is you know what a great question I actually have a sixth book in the series and I look at that as a final book in the series true deceit false love and I'm not quite sure. I've got a couple ideas of, of what to focus on. You know, definitely I've been encouraged to focus on financial abuse because that continues long after you leave an abuser, um, that you've been financially abused during the relationship. And then as you're leaving and then definitely after you mm. have left. And, you know, but then again, I, um, I think I might focus on just memories that I have that are positive and loving with my children. So I've got a couple directions to go with that that book. But it's interesting you would ask this question because I'm really winding down um, my podcast interviews. I really, um, I've actually turned down numerous opportunities because really I'd like to focus on some new things in the new year. You know, and I've got a lot of other projects that I'm excited about, mm. um, some involving writing and some others that are not. And so I think that's part of the journey, too. Like, OK, it was very healing to to get this five book series out these past three years to speak on on spirituality, to speak on surviving abuse of others Um you know, it's it's been a, a wonderful journey in a way. I almost, you know, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but 
it's almost like I thank my abuser or abusers because there's there's other players in the mix, the regime, the village, the flying monkeys, you know, the friends that, you know, you thought were always there, the neighbors that you had a good relationship with for years that are, you know, completely out of your life. And, you know, w- when you realize, okay, you've gone through all of these things and I I chose to handle it with love and with words and just, you know, um, healing, but but also helping others understand what they've gone through. And now I'm ready for another chapter in my life. Mm. And so I'm excited about what's to come next month and, and the next year. Because mm. I will explain now it was for me. And incidentally, the podcast wasn't even part of my ethos when I started this idea. Oh. But 12, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was 12 years ago, I believe, or something like that anyway. But my grandmother died and obviously I always relied on my grandmother for a lot of support more than my own mother and I that's no disrespect against my mother but I relied on my grandmother for so much and she always said do something good do something amazing make a difference so I followed that through and originally it was just me just wandering around helping people started a Facebook, I know you're not on social media, but I, I got a Facebook page dedicated just to inspiring people. I got a blog that's dedicated to inspiring people. And that was in the ethos of just doing something good. Now, since the pandemic hit, and I think it was just before the pandemic hit, I thought I got a computer. I, you know, I didn't have what I've got now. I've got, I haven't got a microphone. I haven't got headphones. I just had a iPad and obviously other tablets available but I wanted to start talking to people about their lives because I wanted to and this is how I word it now I wanted to inspire I wanted to amuse I wanted to educate people so the pandemic came along and the opportunity was there and and, you know in the last year it's been on and off because I had a full-time job and then I couldn't do it as much, but I still kept the interviews what I had from when I did do them. And I thought, why not carry on educating? Why not carry on amusing? Why not carry on inspiring people? Because the journey doesn't end abruptly because of one particular thing. It carries on. So the way this story is is maybe different to the next story I listen to but it helps people and that's what my late grandmother wanted she wanted me to help people she said do something good on computers this is doing something good on computer I'm talking to you now I'm in America right right and you you know you're connecting with people all over the world and and having these candid conversations, just like, you know, you're sitting down with someone having a cup of tea or something and, yeah. and just chatting. And but but we know we are making connections with others out there in the world that can resonate with the stories and- or if if not the actual situations, they resonate with the idea that we can all have challenges in our lives, but it's a journey and we we have the power to choose how we want to handle these yeah. challenges. 
And now I see your cover next to you now about God came to my garage. I like yeah. the I like the cover of that because it looks like it's a, a garage now, obviously. And then you see the yeah. you see the cl- clouds of heaven, as I call. It. And some people say there's no clouds in heaven, and it's just misconception. But there is something defined there. And if it's spiritually, yeah. it's spiritually. If it's in the faith way. It doesn't matter. That's how you defined it when you saw God come to your garage though. Yeah, yeah. So the clouds came to your garage and has <laughs> entered you and filled you, I feel. Well, I'll just tell you, you know, good things can happen out of challenging situations. You know, a lot of it depends on our perspective and how we want to look at it. Mm. You know, and what we do with what we're given. You know, just like you were you know, given an opportunity to to hear from your grandmother, to do something very good for others. And that kind of evolved into your podcast. And, you know, the connections and the messages you're giving are are life changing for people. Mm. And and so that's, you know, if we can connect with even just one person, That's very important. And, you know, we all need support. I have found a lot of support in God. I believe that I am divinely protected or else how could I have gone through some of the things that I went through and still have a smile on my face and Mm. still have hope for the next day? Yeah. So, So we spoke about the past. We spoke about present. And obviously we get on to where you can get your books from in a minute. But where would you want to see yourself? And you've probably touched upon it when we spoke about present. Where would you want to see yourself in, say, a few years time, next year, whenever? I know you said about slowing down and being taken care of yourself. So is that where you're... Well, you know, I'm thrilled and, and very fortunate to live on many acres in the in the rainforest of the U.S. Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. And so there's always something to do where we're doing what we can to be kind of off-grid, self-sufficient. So I have extensive gardens that I would like to learn and cultivate more. They're very different than the Midwest gardens and what you can grow and how you can grow things. So I have a lot to learn. And a lot of it's trial and error. You know, but it's it's a lot of fun being out in nature. And of course, I have some other writing projects to do. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of world travel, of seeing the world and and connecting with people from all different walks of life. Mm. And um, so I'm going to be doing some of that. And I, I always enjoy reading and creating. So I'm someone who could never really be bored, you know, because I always have something interesting that I, I'd like to do. So, so that's how I see myself in, yeah. few, well, not straight right now, but I know I will see myself and it's like, I know I'll get there, but it's just getting there. And maybe the podcast series will be the start where I will actually say, I've made a difference. I've made my mark in that, you know, you Google my name. Yeah, I am somewhere there if you Google it, but it's not the bigger footprint, the bigger footprints when you know you've made that difference. Yeah. I believe. So last of all, because obviously time's going away with us so quickly, <laughs> where can you get your books from? 
You know, all my books are on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. My publisher is Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House. But they're just a click away, very reasonably priced. And if money is tight for people, you know, all the e-versions are $3.99. So, you know, if you're interested in... That's US dollars, because I know in different countries, it'd be different prices. Yes, yes. So it's US dollars, yes. But um, so my website is www.godcametomygaragesale.com. And on my website, you can read about my books, the people that have endorsed my books. Uh, in the happening section, I kind of highlight what I've done, what I've been up to, book signings, speaking engagements, um, you know, different podcast interviews. And I also highlight other people and their work and and put some inspirational messages there as well. Okay. So the last ultimate question what would you say to someone now if someone came up to you and said, tell me what can I do? What would you say to that? So what can, it doesn't, know, have to, say, it, it doesn't have to be a specific subject. That's why I said, yeah. what can I do? That leaves it open-minded for. Yeah, I would just say to anyone, just follow your passions and, and, Stay true to your values, whatever your values are, stay true to them. And, and we have what's called a gut intuition, you know, feeling that we should go in a certain direction or we should, you know, say yes or no to a certain situation. Follow your gut feeling because it's, it's really, you know, whatever you want to call it, whether it's just your inner voice or whether it's your higher self. You know, trying to steer you in the right direction, but stay true to your values, follow your gut intuition, and pursue your passions. Marnie, thank you for sharing your journey. May every blessing continue and successfully continue with you. And from the listeners, watchers, whoever they are listening, we thank you. Well, thanks, David. was the journey hosted by wise words imaging hosted by david hackett be sure to like subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon